Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery, helping you and your loved ones overcome addictions. In this show, we dive into physical, emotional, spiritual aspects of addiction, recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. Hey friends, I'm Jody Stevens. So part two today of addiction and family dynamics. We're talking about some of the behavioral and psychological outcomes of children of alcoholics or COA as well as adult children of alcoholics, ACOA. And a lot of these challenges, too, that we're going to be talking about, they also apply to kids and adults of parents with substance use disorders, not just necessarily alcohol. So, um, you know, they start in the home at an early age and without help or treatment, a lot of times some of our challenges growing up in this environment can follow us throughout our lives. Plenty of children of alcoholics don't have um, issues, right? It just it depends. It depends on different variables, whether there's what's called like co-occurring challenges with a parent where maybe there's, you know, usually people with addictions have other challenges like maybe depression or um, anxiety, or they themselves came from an abusive, addictive environment when they were kids. Or there can be, you know, antisocial type personality disorders or other things going on that contribute to it. Or if if one if if both parents were addicted, then right, that's even riskier. Okay, so. Thanks for hanging out with me on this show. Appreciate it. My voice is a little funny. I uh, was super sick for the last couple of days, but did I don't think I have co- had COVID. I'm still waiting for the test results back, but it just felt like just a normal cold. Pardon my nasalness, but hey, please share this show on social media or with anybody you know who struggles with addiction, maybe friends or family, and um, I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you're listening through, and you can also reach me at jodystevens.org, J-O-D-I-E, Stevens with a V, dot org, and my email is genuinelife at jodystevens.org. So if you are a child of an alcoholic addict, you may have turned to addiction yourself. By the way, I do want to mention that a lot of these issues and challenges we'll be talking about can also occur if you grew up in like a super codependent family dynamic where maybe, you know, your parents weren't necessarily addicts or alcoholics, but maybe their parents were. And so there was some dysfunctional coping skills and dysfunctional codependent ways in which the family related to each other. Um, but this doesn't mean if that you are bad or damaged. In fact, some of the issues that you may face were actually born or created out of a normal reaction to dysfunction or chaos or possibly an abusive environment. Problem is, we get older and we learn these dysfunctional coping skills because of the dysfunctional environment then we have trouble figuring out who we are and adapting to our lives later on outside of the dysfunctional family. And so when we bring these dysfunctional coping skills into our environment when we grow up, that's how these patterns can often repeat themselves from generation to generation, right? So until we get help, we're often going to repeat the cycle. So if you listen to the the last episode, part one, 
we address some of the common roles that we see in dysfunctional families where addiction and codependency are present. And again, these roles are formed not out of our own development and authenticity as we're developing into who we really are, who we were meant to be, who God created us to be. We're developing these roles out of necessity and out of trying to survive in a dysfunctional environment. So along the way, who we are often gets lost right in the process. It's put on the back burner because survival, you know, always comes first. So kids and families with alcoholism and substance abuse experience challenges in that a lot of times they're powerless over what's happening to them. Okay. So later in life, we can feel like the world is scary and unpredictable, even more so than it already is, right? I mean, you know, in in addition, there's the genetic issues that could be present if alcohol or drugs was ingested while we were in the womb. So there can be cognitive and behavioral problems because of that. Then there's the environmental and family dynamics discussed also in the previous issues, and like we just mentioned, that then make us more likely to carry on this dysfunction of developing our own substance abuse disorders. And of course, a lot of the issues we can develop later in life are really just a repeat of what we saw in that chaotic family environment. So all families have certain challenges and areas of, you know, dysfunction. But in alcoholic addicted families, there can be a lot of chaos, of course, right, because of the addict's behavior. And so members develop these roles that we talked about last time in reaction to the addict's behavior. It's this concept of homeostasis where families balance out in reaction to change. So if one person's an alcoholic and they're always causing chaos, then we create these ways that we function and adapt around that. And so again, these develop into our personality and they're, we're, we're, we're trying to adapt. And so we're not really working on our own development. So in addition to chaos, there's uncertainty. Rules are always changing, right? They may be really strict when the addict is sober and then all over the place when the addict is wet, using, drinking. There is usually manipulation. There can be triangulation where kids might be dragged into the middle of, you know, arguments. There can be situations where the kids then are taking on adult roles like making meals, buying groceries, taking care of, um, you know, younger siblings because one or more of the members is intoxicated. That's called, you know, parentification is what they call that. That's that's part of one of the roles, right? That maybe the older sibling is what's called the family hero and, and they're taking on the role of, you know, kind of, you know, excelling in everything in order to kind of overcompensate for this dysfunction. Of course, there's going to be poor boundaries. There's going to be inconsistencies in parenting. And 
things kids should learn, like healthy boundaries or uh, differentiation. In other words, where do I end and someone else start, right? What's Where's the line between you and me can be very blurred. That's that, you know, when you hear, oh, they're so enmeshed, you know, that's what that means. You know, maybe mom and daughter are totally enmeshed and they have this system of dealing with dad or, you know, whatever it is where she doesn't develop her own autonomy, right? Um, There can be lack of any kind of behavioral consequences that, so, you know, we learn as kids that there's cause and effect or, you know, consequences for things that can be inconsistent or not learned at all, which of course can cause us problems later in life where we struggle with delayed gratification. This is common in addiction, right? Gotta have it now, you know? So things that should get developed, they just don't, right? Because we're, we're working on trying to survive. Makes sense? Uh, and then um, sadly, With environments like this, children of alcoholics and addicts often experience neglect and abuse and violence and, you know, physical and sexual abuse, massive conflict, lack of love and security. So, again, instead of working on um, our own personal development, we're trying to adapt and survive and all of this stuff. So, of course, we're going to grow up and think the world's kind of a scary place and it's just going to cause a lot of different problems and challenges And it's not fair. It totally sucks. It's, you know, then because then it's like you get older and you're like, wow, everybody seems so far ahead of me. Like they've got everything figured out and I don't. I I get it. And so we kind of have to relearn everything. Um, So you can imagine, you know, all the ways that this type of environment growing up could impact your sense of self. Because all this stuff's happening when your brain's being developed and the neurons are firing and everything. So all these crazy responses are are kind of becoming normalized in you. You I'm not a neurobiologist, but you know what I mean? Your brain is developing and this is how you react. That's why sometimes to, to correct this stuff can take a lot of work and sometimes even you know, a lot of therapy and stuff to kind of reprogram our brains to, uh, you know, to react differently and to learn, you know, better coping skills. And it totally can be done for sure. Uh, that's that's the beautiful part of it is is God wired us to be really adaptable and, and um, he's there with us along the way as we begin this journey of healing from stuff like this. Um, so abuse, sexual abuse and addicted families usually happens not necessarily by the family members, but by friends who are over because the, you know, right, the family members incapacitated. And so, again, you have all this um, chaos, which causes anxiety and fear later in life, because you simply don't know what's going to happen from one minute to the next, right? That That is not a stable, normal environment for a kid to live in. So it's almost like You know, if you were a kid growing up in like a war-torn country with massive PTSD, they're finding out it's a lot like that. If you grew up like this, you know, you hear a lot of things now where, you know, I have PTSD from my childhood. It's it's totally true. Like a lot of times children of alcoholics are just sort of walking around with with like this bubble around them to, to try to protect themselves from all this stuff. It's like a form of... Um, PTSD. 
And again, not all children of alcoholics and addicts have challenges later in life. Many do. More often, um, there are problems, again, if there's co-occurring disorders, dual addictions, depression, you know, possible antisocial personality styles, which can be common in addictive personalities where maybe the parent grew up in chaos, too, and they never really learned to experience empathy. They don't um, attach to their kids or to people well and really just comes down to not learning to attach and love. They don't express love and stuff like that. And and so that can be very damaging. So later in life, children of alcoholics can end up having a lot of shame and guilt and what's called an external locus of control, which is this belief that most things happen is a result of things outside of ourselves, external things outside of ourselves. Hence, We don't really have control over our own environment because growing up, we didn't. And so there's this sense of being out of control. There's a sense of free-floating anxiety and a sense that things are just happening outside of myself and I have no control over the situation because we never learn to have that internal sense of self and that internal sense of control and that again has to be has to be learned right and there can be difficulty and you know experiencing expressing and describing emotional responses for a lot of reasons our emotional selves didn't develop oftentimes in a family situation like this when we tried to express emotions they were denied or we were told stop feeling that way or those feelings are wrong or whatever and so we can develop depression and anxiety because of this there can be lower academic achievement and again that external locus of control can cause a lot of this anxiety because again we have this lack of internal sense of self which makes us further affected by that negative environment all right so this is a lot of stuff i know <laughs> you know um also there can be the the inval- invalidation due to the chaos so a sense of of self invalidation what ends up happening if we grew up in this kind of chaotic environment where we never had a chance to develop emotionally and um, spiritually or whatever we and and if we've had a lot of invalidation stop feeling that way you don't feel that way or we we just end up stuffing our feelings because expressing them wasn't safe we end up to where we don't really trust ourselves and we don't really trust our instincts and we don't really trust our emotions. So it can be hard to make decisions. Hence, again, that external locus of control. We can look to others for validation to determine who we are. We can look to others to maybe even make decisions for us because we didn't have any control growing up. So again, we can become very reactionary, like <gasps> things just happen to us. There can be a, you know, a victim mentality where, you know, I'm a victim of all these circumstances because I never learned any kind of, um, you know, mastery over my environment. Again, these are things that we're supposed to learn that when we don't, again, it's learning to adapt in a dysfunctional environment, right? So we can become defensive or move into just this sort of reactionary defensive mode later in life. We never learn to be 
playful to be a kid to be curious because it was always a matter of survival, right? And a lot of times, you know, children of alcoholics end up becoming very successful in life and doing very well. But there can also be this sense of, I don't know who I am. Or one of the things I've experienced is like imposter syndrome, where this idea that I'm, I'm really just faking it. Even though, you know, I'm like I'm working on my second master's degree at a 30-year radio career. And yet I would still like walk into my job and like, what am I doing here? Any moment they're going to come and throw me out and they're going to see that I'm not really who I say I am. And that's not true, right? That That's the lie. But that's kind of how we feel because we're still, we developed a personality based on these coping mechanisms put forth kind of this false front to protect ourselves. And so we're still struggling with our own internal sense of identity. And this can also cause like severe panic attacks and anxiety as well, again, because of the feeling of not really knowing, you know, what's going to happen next. In other words, we're not really living out of our authentic self because we're not really sure who that is because who we have become is in response to trauma or chaos. The personality we developed it was an adaption to that chaos. You know, my husband and I also often talk about like normal people that have normal reactions <laughs> to things, you know, and we're like, wow, you know, healthy people, like they draw the right conclusions to things that, you know, and, and it's always surprising to us. And so when you come from a normal family environment, there's sort of normal ways that people react or they draw normal conclusions to things. But if you grew up in dysfunctional or super codependent family dynamic, it, it may be like if there was a lot of narcissism where everything was always a fight, you know, just to get your point across or nobody, nobody heard you or you, you did something normal and you got this crazy abnormal reaction. And so everything going forward in life becomes this fear base because you don't have any coping skills that you haven't really developed healthy coping skills. Everything's very reactionary and you're afraid to deal with with conflict, because again, you don't have those copings. Like I was horrified of conflict because I would either, um, you know, it was fight or flight where I would either, you know, just scream and yell or stuff it and, and walk away and, and not deal with it. And I had to learn, okay, how do we deal with conflict, right? So healing comes as we begin to learn to trust ourselves, our environment. We trust God. We come back to and discover who we are who God created us to be. Basically, find our way back to ourselves and learn to trust others, safe people, right? And we do this through, you know, connecting with healthy people. Group therapy and groups can be very helpful for this as we begin to let other people into our lives, right? And, and let go of this false self in this false front. You know, essentially, if you came from an addictive family dynamic, super codependent family dynamic, abusive family dynamic, the really the sky's the limit on the type of dysfunctional issues that can develop. I mean, we, we could go on for probably another hour of all the different 
scenarios or types of issues that can develop from that. But I think it, it all comes down to what we learn to do as a way to adapt from that environment. Now we need to kind of undo it and relearn better ways. So there's a lot of great therapy techniques for this, a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is really just about relearning better coping skills and, you know, like taking a class on how to deal with conflict, how to manage our anger in healthy ways. This concept of emotional sobriety, where we sit through our emotions rather than reacting we analyze what's going on with us emotionally, figure out what in the world am I actually feeling? How do I respond to it? Helps to have a, a good therapist, you know, trained in this. Some people like to go back. Like I'm one of these introspective, psychoanalytic, like let's go back and analyze everything that's triggering me and figure it all out and stuff. And that can take a lifetime. Now, not everybody wants to do that. They just want like a quick fix. And that's kind of more of what some of these behavioral techniques help people do is to, to kind of... I don't want to say heal faster, but just learn better ways of coping. And I think as we learn better ways of coping and relating and reacting and trusting, then we can begin the healing along the way. So I hope that that makes sense. If any of these things resonate with you, I would just encourage you to get into, if you're still using or drinking, get into uh, recovery, or I would encourage you to find a good sponsor, find a good therapist that understands the dynamics of children of addicts and alcoholics. There's a lot of help available for you out there. I'd love to send you my free sobriety resource as well. It's got a lot of great information in it, helplines and what makes a good sponsor and stuff like that. And you can email me genuine life at jodystevens.org. And please share this podcast on social media with anybody you know, again, who struggles with addiction, maybe friends or family. And I'd love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you are listening through. Thank you so much. Again, you can reach me via my website, jodystevens.org, J-O-D-I-E, Stevens with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N-S. So jodystevens.org or my email, again, genuinelife at jodystevens.org. And coming up on the next couple episodes, we're going to do a journey through the 12 steps like a series so what do the 12 steps mean we've all heard about them like oh a 12-step group what are the steps what do they mean because a lot of people don't know what they mean and how do we actually apply them to our lives so that we can use them for our benefit so don't miss that coming up on genuine life with me jody stevens thanks for hanging out